Hi and welcome to another episode of Naturally You Radio, helping you to create a nourished mind, body and life. I'm your host Leah Sam and the Naturally You Coach and you can find me at thenaturallyyoucoach.com where right now you can also find five gifts and special offers on coaching and books to help you make 2017 amazing, including 20% off the coaching programs that I have if you really want to make big changes in your life and your health in a nurturing and supported way. Today I'm going to be sharing with you five life-changing quotes from five life-changing women. Now my brother, Julian Hall, the entrepreneur, once said it's more important to practice what you post than to simply post. In response to the recent and growing trend on social networks to find and post thousands (laughs) of motivational quotes daily to your Instagram or your Pinterest or your Facebook or your Twitter without ever actually following the advice in them. It's like click activism. You see something going wrong in the world and you think sharing an article about it is you doing your bit to rectify that ill in the world. Um, Now, if you find quotes and motivational sayings that you um, agree with and that you can relate to, instead of just posting them constantly, and because we are in the information age, there's just a, a... plethora of um, quotes out there and they've all been turned into pretty memes with flowers on them and gorgeous photography and you know they make your feeds look beautiful but unless you actually put into action what it is that you're sharing and that you're reading and that what you're coming across and what's coming to you you're never going to get the benefit from it. If you agree feel or you can relate to any of the quotes that I'm going to be sharing today I want you to make a point, make a conscious effort, make a point of living them and instead of just reading them and listening to this and letting it just kind of wash over you and getting on with your everyday life without having implemented them. And I'm going to give you some tips on how you can do that as well. So the first quote is, and and obviously bear in mind, there are, again, like I said, thousands of quotes out there. So these are some of the quotes that are by some of the women who have definitely had a massive positive impact on my life, people, women who have inspired and motivated me, um, and ones that are kind of in my uh, in my life right now, you know, uh, sources of inspiration around me right now, and there are so many others, so these are, you know, by no means the only ones out there. Um, but yeah, so the first one is by a lady called Lisa Nichols from... Um, she was featured in The Secret, which I think is, she was big before The Secret, but I think that's where everyone kind of, that's where she kind of got her notoriety from. Um, her website is motivatingthemasses.com um, and now she's got a new book called Abundance Now that you can find at abundancenow.com. And she's also going to be coming to London in October. And um, I just scored tickets <laughs> to go um, by a very generous donor. So, um, yeah, and her quote is, so often we take care of everybody and the whole time we're putting ourselves on the back burner. This is the season for you to do you first. And again, that's from Lisa Nichols. Now, there is a fallacy um, of selfishness. Now, I work with a lot of black mothers 
and women in general, we are very nurturing, we're very giving, we're very, you know, there to look after other people and make sure everybody is looked after. And we oftentimes feel that we are selfish when we take any time to do something that supposedly doesn't benefit anybody but ourselves. And we have this fallacy, we have this unfair judgment on ourselves that we're being selfish. Now you're not being selfish by thinking of yourself. You're not being selfish by deciding to yourself, okay, I take care of everybody else and I put myself on the back burner. So now is the time for me to start looking after myself, which may mean that I need to take small amounts of time away from the time that I spend looking after everybody else. But this is the season for me to do me first. You're not being selfish by thinking of yourself. The word selfish actually means, and selfishness is to have a lack of consideration for other people. It's not normally the duties to care for others that we struggle with. We sometimes don't even realize that we have a duty to care for ourselves. And we we do very well at looking after other people and we do very badly at looking after ourselves because of this illusion that we are being selfish by doing so. And there's always a way for you to craft and carve out any amount of time, even if it's a small amount of time for you to look after yourself and care for yourself without it affecting you being able to look after other people and without it showing a lack of concern for other people as well. Looking after yourself is your responsibility and it's nobody else's. And we often get, and and because we sometimes go so long without looking after ourselves, we get into such an unnourished state that we start looking at things in a skewed way and we often get upset with other people for not looking after us after we've spent so long giving out our energy and not spending time to rebuild ourselves Um, and we get upset with other people not looking after us when we're in a bad state and you know we will say things like well I've spent so much time looking after you lot now it's your lot's turn to look after me when in fact it's somebody's choice to look after you. It's nobody's duty to have to look after you, especially if, and remember when you point the finger, there's three pointing back. Unless you're looking after yourself, then you're not in a really in a position to be expecting other people to be looking after you because the way that you treat yourself, the way you show up in the world is very often the way that the world takes you and the way you get treated. So if you treat yourself with love and affection and um, you have that air of, you know, I am important to myself, you will be treated as such. And it's your responsibility, first and foremost, to make that decision that you need to be looked after just as much as you're looking after everybody else. And it, it it has a massive impact on everybody else when you're able to look after yourself better and when you do give yourself time and when you do show yourself love and when you are looking after yourself, it puts you in an even better position to look after everybody else. So completely opposite to the illusion that it's selfish for you to look after yourself and inconsiderate. In fact, the better you look after yourself, the better you can look after everybody else. So... I want you to take a moment to think about ways that you can care more for yourself in the coming months without it interfering with your duties to look after everybody else. Now, this may mean that you have to 
swap <laughs> the way that you spend your time and money. So for example, if you spend your time doing things like watching TV and browsing social networks and maybe on the phone, you know, having idle conversations and those types of things, when you could be using that time to do something that helps to nourish and fulfill you, like sometimes going to bed, like sometimes turning off devices and screens, like reading a book, like having an aromatherapy bath, like spending some time preparing some food, doing something, you may, everybody has time. It's just normally that you need to swap doing the unproductive things and use that time to do more productive things. So take a moment to think about ways that you can start caring for yourself more in the coming months so you can do an even better job at caring for everybody else if that's a you know priority and thing on your list and just to get into the habit of seeing yourself as a priority which is again I'm going to speak about this a bit more later on but it's something we actually need to have a shift in our mindset that we are as important to look after as everybody else now the second quote is by an amazing young lady called Malala Yousafzai Yousafzai and I'm so sorry if I mispronounced her surname um, but she's very commonly known as Malala. Um, and she has an amazing story. She is the lady, she is the young girl who ended up, um, I'll say tragically, but it's not because she passed on. Um, she's the lady that got shot at by the Taliban for being the one woman to stand up and say that girls deserve to go to school just as much as boys. Um, she survived it, obviously. And, um, went on to become an, uh, an aggressive campaigner, a powerful campaigner for equal educational rights for children in Pakistan. Um, and she has, a, and you can find out a lot more about her story online. Her name is spelled M-A-L-A-L-A, -A -A, Malala Yousafzai. And um, one of her many quotes, she's been like, she's like the, the youngest person to ever be uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and all these amazing things. Um, now she has a quote, one of her quotes is, life isn't just about taking in oxygen and giving out carbon dioxide. Now, like I said, um, she's an amazing woman and you can find out about her story, but um, everyone at her time, during the time that she was, um, this was happening when she was a teenager, when the, the actual incident took place, when she stood up and she was um, shot at by the Taliban and then, you know, survived, miraculously survived. She, everybody else was silent about the injustices that she could very clearly see in front of her. Everybody could see the injustices that were taking place, that there was such a, a discrepancy between the way that women were treated and the way that girls were treated versus the way that boys were treated, especially under that particular regime. And she decided she was going to stand up. She decided that even if she was the only one that was going to stand up, she was going to make her voice heard. And one of her other quotes is that when the whole world is silent, one voice can be powerful. And she was that one voice in the sea of people who could see the injustice. So her small, young teenage voice, the female small teenage voice, made such an amazingly big impact on the lives of now thousands of people which is why I see her as a life-changing um, woman and example to us. Um, now, she could have been silent like all the other women and all the other men that could see the injustices, but she chose to focus her life on what was most important to her. Now, one of the things that I'm going to ask and recommend that you do is, again, take some time to find your purpose, 
Find the reason why you were born. Find what it is that you were put here to do. Too many of us, like she says, spend our life basically just living, basically just surviving, not doing anything remarkable, not doing anything to stand out, doing our very best almost to, to fit in, and then wondering why we feel unmotivated and unnourished and unnurtured and uninspired by life in general, and why every day just seems the same. And it's because we have chosen to just spend our lives taking in oxygen and giving out carbon dioxide. When you do find your purpose, when you do work out the reason why you were put here, and, and another thing that I've heard Lisa Nichols say very often is that dash, that little hyphen between the date you were born and the date that you pass on, that little dash represents your whole life. And you want to make sure that you make that dash between your birth date and the date that you pass on mean something. There's no need for you to let another year or another season or another month or another week or another day even pass by without at least knowing why you were here or at the very least without putting some time into inquiring, doing some self-inquiry about why it is that you're here and what difference you can make to the world because every single one of us from people that sell jackhammers to florists, artists, journalists, natural health coaches, authors, politicians, the king, the queen, <laughs> and everyone in between has got the ability to have a significant impact on the rest of the world by sharing your natural gifts with us all. Now, if you already know what your gifts are, then you can spend some time working out how you can be committed to sharing and developing and nurturing and letting those gifts flourish with the world in any way possible. So this is a time when you need to definitely go ahead and put some pen to paper and do some self-inquiry and ask yourself, okay, why is it that I'm here? What, why, what was the purpose for me being here? If you do feel your life is just right, and, and the thing is, if you do feel your life right now is just a case of you getting by and living, then let this be the motivation for you to make that dash mean something. And there are people who it takes them literally like decades <laughs> to work out why they're here. But oftentimes they don't work out why they're here for decades because they've never ever actually put any thought into it. And some people can work it out at the drop of a hat. And there's actually a um, tool again, that my brother Julian Hall, um, the entrepreneur, developed called Passion and Excellence, where you get a piece of paper and you draw a line down the middle and on one side you write passion, the other side you write excellent, and then excellent, and then you write, under passion, you write all the things that you're really passionate about. On the other side of the page, you write all the things that you're really excellent at. And if there's any similarities between the two, then you can use that to find what it is that you can... Um, you you know have as your your career in life or your calling in life or your passion so if you're passionate about education and you're excellent at speaking then you can be a an educational consultant you can be a teacher you can you know be something that combines those two things that you're passionate about and you're excellent at if you're passionate about music and you're excellent at marketing you can you know go into marketing for um musicians and for music artists and those types of things if you're passionate about nature and you're excellent about you're excellent at gardening, then you can go ahead and garden. And again, very often we are in this this uh, 
state where we feel that we need to have a price tag on everything and everything has to have a monetary value to it. But if you're brilliant at anything, the money is going to follow. Um, and, and you don't need to spend your life doing something that you're not passionate about just because you're good at it and it makes money because it will ultimately bring you to a place where you don't have happiness and peace and, and nourishment in your heart. And that's where you find a lot of people who make a lot of money, but they're not content. They will be the ones that just go off and live in the mountains for the next 20 years because they realize that having all the money that they always aspired to do wasn't actually nourishing and fulfilling for them. And they go back to living in a way that they probably would never have thought about living um, in when they didn't have money, when they thought money was everything. So... That was um, the quote from Malala. Now, the next quote is by an amazing woman called Byron Katie, who has literally saved my life on, on a number of occasions um, and my mind. Um, and you can find her at thework.com, literally, T-H-E-W-O-R-K.com, thework.com. Her name is Byron Katie. And she's got two quotes. I'm going to sneak in two quotes from her. One is, it's not your job to like me, it's mine. And the next one is, a thought is harmless until we believe it. Now, I'm going to say it again. Self-love is revolutionary. If we feel validated only by others' love and we feel insecure if we're not receiving love and adoration and affection from others... You need to get to loving you. You need to start finding ways to love you. You need to understand that having love given to you constantly is not as empowering and as natural as you having that love within yourself for yourself initially. And this is something that you actually may need to learn because it's really foreign um, to a lot of us. For some of us, we don't even understand um, that there is a need for us and that there is a requirement for us and that it's natural and healthy for us to love ourselves and show ourselves love. And what's even worse is, just like with the fallacy of selfishness, there's this fallacy of being conceited if you say anything positive about yourself. Oh, she thinks she's too nice. She thinks she's all that. Just because you say, yeah, no, I feel good today. Yeah, I'm happy about my weight. Yeah, my nails look great. Yeah, my hair looks really nice today. Yeah, no, I did a really good job making dinner yesterday. It's seen as being conceited. It's seen as being, um, you know, thinking you're better than you are because it's so unnatural and it's so un, um, it's so unusual for us, to, especially women, for, for women to say anything positive about ourselves. But it's actually an essential skill for us to develop. And if you've got children, this is something that you can instill in them from young so that they don't have to go through all of this untangling when they're our age. Think of the ways that you can love yourself more this year. Even if it's by simply getting into the habit, and it has to become a habit, it has to be something you actually practice doing so it starts to become natural, of looking in the mirror on a daily basis and complimenting yourself honestly about something that you've done. And then finish it by saying, I love you. Now, again, this might sound conceited and it might sound silly and it may be uncomfortable for you to do, but what does that say? What does it say that we find it so difficult to show ourselves love and respect and to compliment each other, uh, compliment ourselves, sorry. That is where the real problem is, that we find that difficult, that we find that strange, that we can show love to ourselves. Then we wonder why we selfie every seven minutes. 
every seventh post that someone puts up is a selfie of themselves just to get adoration from everyone else because we don't have enough of it inside ourselves already. And the like economy, <laughs> the economy, the currency that we've created of likes and shares, we post up a picture and then we check it every 20 minutes to see how many people have liked it and shared it and commented on it. Now, the pound sterling may be weak right now, thanks to Brexit, but the like economy is as strong as ever. And that is an unsustainable way for you to have self-confidence in yourself by continually seeking it from other people because you don't have enough of it yourself. So it is your job to like yourself. Nobody else's. Everybody else in the world has the right not to like you. But... In the next few months, one of the best things you can do is to begin to love yourself and like yourself because it is nobody else's job, it's yours. And then her other um, quote, her other saying is that a thought is harmless until we believe it. Now, a lot of us find ourselves riddled with negative beliefs about ourselves and they literally dictate our actions. So if we have negative feelings about food, you know, healthy food always tastes bad, you know, it's not going to work anyway, and it tastes, and it's really expensive. Those negative beliefs we have about food are going to dictate our actions. And if that's how we feel about, you know, healthy food, it's going to make it very unlikely that we're going to bother to eat foods that we feel are healthy. The negative beliefs we have about business, oh, it's too difficult to start a business, most of them are going to fail, and it's too much work, and I just can't fit it in. If those are our negative beliefs about them, and we believe those negative beliefs, then we're unlikely to ever start a business. And if we do start a business, we're never going to take it seriously. And the same with love. All men are bastards. <laughs> They're just going to cheat on you anyway. And, you know, it's too difficult to keep them. And we're probably never going to get married because marriage is just not cool anymore. Or it's too expensive or, um, you know, they're probably going to go and do something bad to me or it's just not going to work. If those are all the negative beliefs we have knocking around our head about love and relationships, then again, we're going to be closed off from receiving or, or being inviting enough for probably our soulmate to even get to us, much as any of the other waifs and strays that, you know, might um, want to try in the meantime until we do find our soulmate. So if you do find that you are someone who has got negative beliefs that literally dictate your life, and again, this is something that you need to be very, very honest about as well. You need to go ahead and go to Byron Katie's website, thework.com, and go through the process of the work where Byron... Katie actually helps you to question every negative belief and every negative thought that you have by using a really simple system of questioning those negative beliefs before we let them dictate our lives. Because very often, if you start questioning and breaking down the negative beliefs that you have, you'll realize that most of them are unfounded, most of them are untrue, and we're only reacting in a particular way because we believe them. And if we didn't believe them, our life would have a completely different trajectory. So the next quote um, is, to understand how any society functions, you must understand the relationship between the men and the women. And this is by a woman who is like my shiro, 
which is Angela Davis. I think I've always wanted to be Angela Davis. Um, from the moment I saw her picture and heard even the smallest amount about her, I decided I wanted to be Angela Davis. So, um, now, and her quote, to understand how any society functions, you must understand the relationship between the men and the women. One thing that has become painfully obvious is that even though there has been a rise in the um, promotion of, you know, black love and um, relationship building and all these types of things, there is still an, an undercurrent of the decimation of our family and the pulling apart of men and women in, in our family. And as a nation, our strength is in our unity, not our independence and our division um, from each other as brothers and sisters and the dilution of our race. We need to spend some time mending the relationships that we have. Don't believe the hype that all men are bad. Don't believe the hype that all women are just going to take your money and run or whatever the negative connotations there are around women these days because I know there's a load of them. No, there's a load of negative uh, perceptions around men as well. But black love is revolutionary. Strong, committed couples can create strong-centered children which can create a stronger future for us all. Not to say that a single parent can't create a, and you know nurture a strong child but why would we want to have that in our future when we can aim for strong united connected black families in the future and we can only create that in the future by making it a reality for ourselves right now and upon you can be in a relationship and you still need to be working on this um the um the concentration on putting examples out there of single mothers and even single fathers who are mainly of African and Caribbean descent needs to be um, balanced and then overtaken by examples and images of us coming together and being strong and united. And remember, the relationship that you have with your mother or father or your mother figure or your father figure can also affect the way that you are gonna in turn relate to other men and women in your life. So the more you deal with um, any negative feelings or emotions you have about the significant men in your life, the easier it's gonna be for you to form a relationship with men in the future. The, the, the more you deal with and think about and analyze any negative relationships or any negative thoughts you have about your mother or other women in your life, the easier it's gonna be for you to form relationships, healthy, loving relationships with the women in your life that last and that are sustainable. And the last quote is by the um, our beloved elder and our blessed um, elder in the other world now, Maya Angelou, which is if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. So this goes back to, um, and this relates to the quote from Byron Katie. It's so easy to, for us to be re reactionary when things don't go our way or when we see things that we don't like. It's easy for us to blame others for how situations make us feel or to feel disappointed or saddened, which then leads to us having a lower vibrational energy. And in 
that state, when you're in a lower vibrational energy because you're not happy about something, you don't like something that's happening to you or around you, then it's going to be difficult for the creation of anything possible to happen. But you can simply decide to make a change to how you react to the things that you don't like. Um, instead of just thinking, okay, you know, these things are happening to me and I don't like them and I feel a victim of them and there's nothing that I can do to change them. Like she said, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude towards it. Now, the vast majority of things we can change, we can have some influence over, but um, some things may take a process of time or a length of time for them to be changed. And during that time of them changing, Again, it would also help if you also changed how you felt about it. So, for example, my weight. I've had six, uh, I've had seven children. We have six children with us now. Our, our first son transitioned on to the ancestors. Now, before I had any children, I was about 65 kilograms. I was a comfortable size 12, but I could get into some size 10s. Now... 14 or uh, 13 years later, no, 12 years later, <laughs> I've got my oldest child's age, 12 years later, I am, there's a lot more of me to love, let's put it this way, and um, I have, you know, between, I basically haven't had long gaps between um, either not being pregnant or not breastfeeding, there's been very small gaps between me either not being pregnant or not breastfeeding. So um, I haven't had a great deal of time to get my body back. And um, oftentimes, in fact, it's a, it's a little joke between some of my family members, when I do really start to get um, back on my full full drive health kick is normally when I end up getting pregnant again. So, um, um and yeah, you know, my me slimming down isn't always my main focus in amongst all the other things that I do with the homeschooling and looking after the children and clients and speaking at events and writing books and all these kind of things. Um, but what I realised is I did have negative feelings about myself and my body and the parts of my body that put on weight and, you know, parts of my body that didn't look the way I wanted them to. So it was something that I kind of didn't like. I didn't like the way my body looked. Now, taking the advice of the, the wonderful Maya Angelou, um, I'm in the process of changing it. And by changing it, I'm exercising more and training and, you know, being stricter with my diet and taking in more water and cleansing and all these things. But that's a, that takes a process of time. So instead of looking at my body like I don't like my body the whole time when it's going through its changes, I've had some mindset shifts around my body. So number one, I don't see myself as overweight now. I see myself as more curvy and womanly as opposed to overweight and not looking the way I want to look. So that helps me, again, with the whole self-love thing that I was talking about. I've also made a decision that I don't want to talk about me losing weight. And I even joke to my husband that it's taken me a long time to put on all this weight and I don't want to just lose it. It took a lot of time to get it there. So instead of losing weight, I'm changing the weight to muscle instead. So again, it makes things softer, it makes things more loving, it makes things more nurturing. And one of the quotes that I've got in my book is don't exercise, in the book that I have, 100 Bites, which is being revised and coming out again soon as a whole audio series, in fact. It's don't exercise and train to destroy a body you hate. 
but in fact to transform a body and nurture a body that you love. So again, it's about changing the way that we think about things um, or changing things that we don't like. And if we don't can't change them, or if there's a process of time it's going to take for us to change them, then changing of the way we think about them instead. So those five quotes again were, um, so often we take care of everybody and the whole time we're putting ourselves on the back burner. This is the season for you to do you first. And that's by Lisa Nichols. You can find out about more about her and motivatingthemasses.com and um, abundancenow.com. I could have spoken for about 20 minutes about Lisa Nichols because she's actually um, just one of the most amazing women out there that I've seen so far, especially in her industry. Um, and just in life in general, she's just an amazing lady. You can find out a lot more about her on those websites. You can find her talking on YouTube and all these kind of things also. The second quote was, life isn't just about taking in oxygen and giving out carbohydrate, um, carbon dioxide, sorry. And that's by Malala Yousafzai. Um, and you can find out about her at malala.org. M-A-L-A-L-A dot -A -L -A org. The third quote that I spoke about today is it's not your job to like me, it's mine. And a thought is harmless until we believe it. And that's by Byron Katie and you can find her at thework.com. The fourth quote was, to understand how any society functions, you must understand the relationship between the men and the women. And we want to create a strong and functioning society. Um, and in order to do that, we need to mend the relationship between us as brothers and sisters. And that was a quote by the amazing Angela Davis, who I couldn't find a website for, but I know that person, the company that is publishing her most recent work is called speakoutnow.org. And you can do a search for Angela Davis on Facebook and her page will pop up so you can see what she's up to. Um, and the fifth quote was, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude towards it. And that was the by the amazing Maya Angelou. Now, these women have changed lives. Um, and a lot of them have changed lives by overcoming amazing levels of adversity, personal struggles, and most likely quite a bit of the supposedly everyday stuff that we think only we have to deal with, like negative self-talk. And to be honest, the more people achieve, the more negative self-talk they have, because there's more for your mind to create negativity and negative thoughts towards. But they overcame these things in order to do what they did, in order to help as many people as they did. But... We oftentimes look at women who are very accomplished and think they don't have any of the problems that we have. They don't have any of the self-talk. They've overcome every personal struggle. They've overcome every piece of adversity that was ever put in their way. But the vast majority of them haven't. The vast majority of them are still on a journey just like we are. So maybe they haven't entirely overcome self-talk, but they have overcome it enough to make an impact and a change in their life and on the world. And just as, you know, there are, um, there are fellow sisters, they've made an impact on us as their sisters, they've made an impact on the world, and with any luck, they're going to make an impact on future generations as well, because hopefully they will be the people that inspire us to 
put their words into action so we can reach the heights and reach the levels of being able to help people that they've been able to reach. And as always, I'm here to support you every step of the way if you need me to on your journey to becoming nourished and fulfilled in your mind and your body and your life so that you can start achieving your life and health goals or what I call becoming naturally you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, You're probably listening to it um, in 2017 um, because it's coming out on the 1st of January 2017. Um, If you celebrate the New Year's, then Happy New Year's to you. Again, I hope that you um, found this podcast not just interesting, but useful, and you are ready to put these, you know, put the posts into practice and (laughs) use these quotes to actually make a positive impact on your life. Remember also to head over to thenaturallyyoucoach.com to grab the special offers on coaching and on the books until the 31st of January 2017. I look forward to hearing from you all soon. Take care and stay healthy.